0: Welcome to Life Off Screen with Dan and Peggy Ruppel. Thank you for joining us. If you're enjoying this podcast, do us a favor and subscribe to the show and give us a rating. Life Off Screen is produced by Master Media International. And to find out more about Master Media or the Life Off Screen podcast, visit us at lifeoffscreen.com. And now here's Dan and Peggy.
1: Greetings and welcome to Life Off Screen. I'm Dan Ruppel, I'm here with my lovely wife Peggy. Uh, one of the joys of, you know, we've been married 42 years, we've worked in the, the Hollywood industry for nearly that long. And one of the joys is meeting other couples or individuals who also have worked in the uh, industry for a, a great length of time. Usually the couple, one of them works in the industry, the other is in maybe another line of worker is, is a stay at home parent. Um, But certainly the case uh, today's guest is uh, they both are powerhouses (laughs) and extremely talented powerhouses. Our guests today are Amick and Cassie Byram and they are dear friends. We go uh, quite a bit back, but we'll talk about that. We can't figure out how far we go back, Um, but Amick is a multi-talented person. He's He's a singer. He's an actor. He's a voiceover actor. Uh, he's a producer. He's a director. He's worked in film and television and theater. He's been Emmy nominated. He's been Grammy nominated, yeah. and uh, he's probably known best for his. He did the the singing voice of Moses in DreamWorks' uh, Prince of Egypt.
2: Hey, don't forget he actually has a Star Trek card. He was Trekkie, right. Tre- Tre- he- the he- last generation. Amazing. Yeah. And his wife, Cassie, I mean, she's equal. I mean, this gal, she started her career at 19, which makes all the sense in the world because she has been a TV actress, she has been a stage actress all over the world, and she's also been in film. So she was on two years of episodes with Jake and the Fat Man, and uh, she did also some Star Trek episodes as well, some of their pilots on and on multiple stages on across the world so and we are are so blessed to have them to go deeper with them and you're what you're going to love hearing most about them is life off screen what was it like navigating two careers at the same time what were the choices they made what were the vows and the what were the non-negotiables that really informed their life off
1: screen so i think you're going to really enjoy this episode and uh, let's just jump right in Amy and Cassie. Yay! Welcome. Welcome Hi. to our home. Welcome to our show.
3: Oh, thank you. This <laughs> is so exciting. Welcome to our
1: home. Yes. yes, yes, yes. We are so happy to have you guys with us. Peggy and I were talking last night and we were trying to think when we first met. It seems like we've been friends just about a lifetime, but we were trying to think maybe when and where.
3: It really does. Oh, my gosh. gosh. You know. That kind of
4: shows you. That tells you how long it's been. I Is it the
2: 90s? I think it's 20 plus years at least. Oh, yeah. definitely. Definitely. Maybe past that. And there's, I think what's so remarkable about you guys is that, there are so many similarities i mean we were married young had our kid two boys each first mm-hmm. right yes and uh and just so many things that we, we have very similar things on how we raised our kids how we navigated the industry yes. so i i just and i'm sure it was through the cooks i'm sure they're yeah, at some probably. point they're the connecting family right maybe no, I think so. they might
3: be the, i think for some reason that we met you first peggy at least i That's what I'm remembering at a Biola conference. Yeah,
2: maybe at the media conference.
1: You know, (laughs) talking about those kinds of events, um, this is another thing we were talking about the other night. Almost every time we have seen you guys someplace, we get to talking, and then as Peggy and I drive home, we say, we gotta get together with those guys we gotta talk some more it's like we don't want that conversation to end we just gotta we gotta see you guys again and go to that's dinner that's so or funny because
4: every time we drive home we say
1: we have to avoid those people exactly exactly <laughs> you, you, you block my number <laughs> yeah i've always wondered it's wow. like i keep calling you
3: and that's it's like he so won't pick up. No, that's honestly so we feel bad. the same way we really do feel the same way and i'm I'm so happy to say that Peggy and, y- Peggy and I did make that happen yes. in an extended way at lunch mm-hmm. about, you know, two months ago or something, I think it yep. was. Yep, it was Right the best. before
1: everything hit. Right
3: before, right everything, before hit. everything hit. Yeah, That's so right. it was more than two months ago. It was, and that was so delightful. That was just yes. so
2: so nice you know it's when those you find out that you've got these fellow pilgrims in life right yes and you've exactly. navigated certain issues and, and, and as we get older and those things are really just older really older <laughs> they're such because it's like 40 plus years right yes. married there's few of us so this uh-huh. ki- kindred spirit so, so yes, uh, and that's such a good point Peggy that you know that
3: your your fellow pilgrims in you know people finding their people Uh, Yes, their group, their tribe, whatever you want to call it. You don't, in navigating, navigating, especially in Mm -hmm. a life in entertainment, but in any area of life, it's, it's really just so important to find those like minded people, like you said.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. And we were just perusing through your bio and things and we were just blown away. It would be one thing if one of you guys had the career you had. But to be married and both of you—I mean, we're talking stage, TV, um, film—and also multi-talented. We
1: we know a lot of couples where maybe the the husband's an actor and the wife is a dancer or Mm -hmm. something. But Mm -hmm. you,
0: I mean, you're
1: you're like an entire Broadway musical, just the two of you.
2: We wanted to ask you and take you go down memory lane. If you guys could just talk into, you know, where did the bug bite for you when you were younger? For me, it
3: started in elementary school. It started when, um, really, when I was in sixth grade. I had um, a teacher who just showed a lot of interest in me, and as far as helping me to discover who I was, what my skills were, she. Yes. She was an amazing mentor at such a young age. She really opened up my eyes to what it meant to um, to what the arts meant as far as just being a light on the human condition. She really opened that wow. up. And then she wrote a an original play for the uh, uh, sixth grade graduating class, and and with me in mind. So she, I ended up in the lead. In the lead role of this original play, That's and awesome. that was that was like a that was, that was a yeah. big deal for me. My eleventh grade year in high school, before mm. I got reinvolved in the arts, and again, that was just uh, something where a peer heard me singing while I was doing my chores in the backyard. She <laughs> came walking around the corner and uh, into my backyard, and she said. You know, she was a friend for years, but I had never sung for anyone. And she she heard me sing, and she said, "There is the High School Musical is casting right now," and she literally dragged me into those auditions because I had no idea what an audition was. I just I didn't even know.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And um, yeah. I got the lead in that in that uh, musical, and that was it. That that was it as far as it leaping into, I could do this for a living. That's yeah. that's what, is, honey. What are you doing, what? babe? You're,
4: Nothing. I'm putting more light on you.
3: You're playing with the yeah. lights. <laughs> I'm
4: putting in the spotlight. Why? Wow.
2: Yeah. Wow.
1: <laughs> we want to show our I wives the off. I got lighting
3: perfect the way I want it, and now we look like. Where no, I think you look great. Oh, oh gosh, goblins, it's all green or something. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> you,
1: you guys can't look bad. I mean, you guys look great. Sorry. Oh, we're, yeah, we're back. We're, we back to so. show you. We should turn around and
2: show you what we've done to what was yeah. the grandchildren's room. <laughs>
1: yeah, this yeah. is the grandkids' room. Oh, and, uh,
2: oh nice. You did a yeah, good job, and,
1: and you know, they have really been over because of the whole lockdown and
2: so, as soon as you lose
1: you're yeah, out. <laughs> they're going to come over and go grandpa what? where's our room no they're
2: actually excited because uh-huh. they're going to put, oh, yeah. put on plays they're they do they,
1: they're ex- they, we, they don't know it's a studio now and they're excited they can put on plays in front yeah, of that. yeah. nice
2: that's fun nice. so amick nice. what
4: about you you know what uh, uh, there's some similarity in that when i was in sixth grade uh the junior high i was uh, the junior high was putting on Uh, the operetta called Mikado, and I wasn't in junior high, but everybody kind of knew I sang. I come from a very musical and very artistic family, Mm -hmm. and um, so they asked me to be in this musical, and I really, really dug it, and it was really a lot of fun, and then cut next to high school, um, when all the junior highs went to the high school to see the high school musical, and I sat there and I watched *My Fair Lady*, done by a high school in Oklahoma, which really put on some extremely high-quality productions. Wow. And I was mesmerized. I didn't want to get out of my seat. And uh, when it was all over, and then uh, went to college, and then got involved in um, uh, uh, in in television and recording when I got into mm-hmm. college. And that was
1: kind of that was it. That was. I thought this is what I want to do. You know, I tell young people that if they, they say, I'm thinking about going into the industry and I, I tell them only do it if you just can't foresee yourself doing anything else. You know, that is you know? absolutely wise advice. Cause that's, that, that's how I was. It's like, from the time I was five years old and I saw the Dick Van Dyke show, I always, I always tell this story that when I saw the Dick Van Dyke show at five years old and I said, that's everything I want to be. I want to write comedy, mm-hmm. which I've done. I want to work in television and I want a perky brunette wife. Yeah, you got it all. So I got my own Laura, Laura Petrie. But from that moment on, there was nothing else I wanted to do mm-hmm. other than, than, you know, I was in, in yeah. early uh, Civic Light Opera, and yeah. you know, when I was eleven, and yeah. you know, th- that's the thing—it's that passion in you, and it goes—it speaks back to how God wires us. Yeah, you know, yeah. God wires us that mm-hmm. way where I just cannot not do that. True. Now, now, where did the two of you meet?
3: We met in an acting workshop
4: mm-hmm. in, in L.A. Yeah, right after I moved out from Tulsa after I graduated from college, I packed my car, moved across the country, went to Los Angeles. And one of the first things that happened to me was I got involved in an acting workshop, a very intense acting Mm -hmm. workshop that um, was five nights a week for four hours a night. And um,
3: for three months, for
4: three months, Oh, that
1: is intense.
4: Yeah. And uh, they had auditioned people in L.A., San Francisco, Chicago. And uh, there were 11 guys and 11 girls. And I was fortunately chosen to be one. And this young lady right here was chosen to be in it also. (laughs) So we met there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Very good. Was it love at first sight, or did it take some time? Uh, well, <laughs> I guess <yes. laughs> maybe, maybe maybe you each have a different answer. I think maybe it's a different.
2: maybe we do. Yeah. So you guys have been married forty years. Forty years. That is huge. Yes, that is huh? huge. And you have two sons, yes. Jonathan and Benjamin. And yep. Jonathan and Eva are married, right? right. So one. Mar- Anything exciting about that? Oh well,
3: just maybe. Funny, you should ask. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna graduate from Mama La and Daddy La to Grandma La and Grandpa La. Woo! You
4: already no! knew.
3: Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> there you go. You're so funny. Oh, oh my that's gosh. hilarious. Now, we're be- so excited, and oh. we are going now. You you wanted to get together with us? Well, we're gonna be bugging you guys every day for advice.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well I want to I want to go back to the beginning of your career or your your relationship. So you're
3: yeah, how we met?
1: Well, you're 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 getting married or you're you're considering or whatever but you also both of you have uh, pretty extraordinary career as- aspirations mm-hmm. uh, what was that kind of conversation like early in your relationship of like
2: making that work making
1: that work you know it, your aspirations and mine and
2: opportunities that and, came up and how to juggle life yeah
3: even before we got married we actually had discussions about just sort of agreements um mm. there was uh there was talk about travel there was talk about I mean, I know this is going to sound really idealistic, but 50-50, you know, yeah. that, and, mm-hmm. yeah. and a partnership. And a, we really talked out a lot of things um, with, uh, awesome. you know, some of it, some of it, you hit the target and some of it, it, that's just not the way life
4: works. Like Cassie said, she was already working right out of high school and it established, you know, some momentum in her career. I wasn't working at all. You know, I moved out here and I couldn't rub two nickels together. I couldn't get... I couldn't get arrested, so you know. And I it married quite...
3: him anyway. I know I don't know
4: why, but... <laughs> but anyway. So even before we had kids, there were times when she was, you know, things were going well for her, and there were times uh, that they were not going well or at all yeah. for me. And then there were times when things would happen for me, and then Cassie would kind of be at a resting place. And so dealing with the dynamics yeah. of two people two actors in Hollywood who uh, are driven and who have to deal with the whole ego thing and the, and just the, the, the perceived competition. That's, that's not the right word. Really. It's not a competition. It's not Mm -hmm. never, but there is a certain amount of just negotiating through life with those particular issues that Mm -hmm. um, you have to, be prepared for, and if you're not prepared for it, that's okay too. But if you're not prepared for it, you have to be so prepared in your relationship
1: that mm-hmm. you can weather through any situation like that. Talking about not not working, you know, we're in an industry that's very unstable, and there's a lot of we're, a lot of times we're project oriented, and when that project ends, we're out of work again. Right. And so now you have kids, you you both have careers and an opportunity opens for one that you really need, and then maybe an opportunity opens for the other, simultaneously, how did you, you navigate that? I think the most important
4: thing is um, balancing the issue of what is the priority at the moment? Mm. Sometimes mm. the priority at the moment will be, this person needs to go and make this money, or this person needs to do this because it is a, de- a definitive stepping stone to something else. Yeah, um, or it is, it is definitely an elevation. And so those become the priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, if, it's just, um, if it's just a, a gig and it's kind of like, well, you know, I've done this before and it's great mm-hmm. and I'm happy to have it. But what is, what is your situation? What is the partner's situation? Mm-hmm. And is it going to be more beneficial either to the family or to the overall health of the marriage relationship or the family? Then you make those decisions. And, yeah. you know, there's never been a, a situation that has been exactly like any other. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And you take each one as it comes and prayerfully submit it to the Lord and prayerfully submit it to each other. And then hopefully make a good decision.
1: Yeah. I that's, love that. that's, that's a really good point because we found that in our marriages too. Every situation is different. And I think God does that to kind of change the combination, the formula, <laughs> because that causes us to be more dependent on him. Yeah.
2: Some of these were <laughs> chunks of time. I look, Cassie, in particular, I think about, you know, you just took these little small roles, oh, like uh, Marguerite in The Scarlet Pimpernel, Maria yeah. in West
1: Side Story. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you're not carrying the show.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I know there a chunks of time. I don't know if they were pre-kids, after-kids, or how, how did that work?
4: I don't think our yeah. kids ever felt anything impressed. other than...
2: <laughs> they
3: were enamored. With enamored it. They, and
4: they they impressed and proud. They yeah.
3: love what we do, and they were so much a part of it. I mean, we really tried to take them up everywhere we went. I did, yeah, I, especially when they're I,
1: younger. Yes, I did the same same thing, Cassie. Um, when I was supervising The prices Right, I would often take my kids, especially in the summer, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to sit in the in the booth with me mm-hmm. while, while I'm doing it. The, so the, the,
3: healthy. That's the so funnest. Healthy.
1: The funnest was our daughter when she was. I think she was about four, maybe five,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, I let her be for for rehearsal be a Barker's Beauty <laughs> so they they put her they put her in the bathrobe you know and they did her makeup and they did her hair like one of Barker's Beauty along with
2: all the models with all the so models she's sitting
1: with and Aww. then we put oh, her in man. the car this is for rehearsal we put her in the car and they go a new car and they roll the car out and she's waving you know <laughs> and it was like Aww. You know, it was like Barbie's dream house for, you know, to be, to be on television. That's What a
2: nice memory. So, Amy, tell us about your experience with Prince of Egypt.
4: When I was hired to uh, sing the role of Moses in that movie, um, I worked on it for about three years. And, you know, this was, this, this was right after uh, DreamWorks had been formed and it was the first animated feature that DreamWorks was going to put out. And of course, it was Spielberg, Katzenberg, and Geffen. And Katzenberg had just come from Disney, where he had had huge success right. in this second golden age of of Disney animation. Oh yes. So he was out to definitely prove uh, his mettle after uh, a, a conflict, you know, uh, uh, after leaving uh, Disney. Mm-hmm. So this movie, there was a lot of care put into it, and. Um, so I was in the studio, in and out of the studio for like three years with producers and directors and music supervisors and Stephen Schwartz, the composer. And one day I'm in the studio and I'm doing, I did, I, I'm doing all these demos for them also and along with singing the role of Moses and along with contracting vo- all the vocals for the, for the entire movie. Wow. So, um, so I'm in there and I'm doing a demo of this song when the Israelites leave Egypt. And it's the song, uh, When You Believe, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, there can be miracles when you believe, that song. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but when I, when I recorded it as the demo, the lyric was, you can do miracles when you believe. So, Mm -hmm. I leave the studio, we're all sitting out having lunch out in the break room. And uh, I'm sitting there with the music supervisor, one of the directors and one of the producers. And I said, you know what, you might have a problem with that lyric. And they said, really? I said, yeah. Well, I said, yeah, because in, in Jewish orthodoxy and Christian orthodoxy, we don't believe that we do miracles. We believe that God does miracles, and he uses us of, as instruments of his miracle power. They said, really? I said, yes. So uh, wow. they said, well, uh, I said, you might be better served if you change the lyric to there can be miracles when you believe. Right. And I said, you're going to avoid a lot of issues with every denomination and stripe and religious religion out there. And so um they ended up changing it to There Can Be Miracles With You wow. uh, That is amazing. Much to the chagrin of Stephen Schwartz.
2: Oh, well yeah. 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 Yeah.
4: <laughs> not really not he was okay. No,
3: but that's just such you know, wonderful proof of what we've talked about in the past. Yeah and, of it's, just uh, believers being a part of projects and yeah. Being able to make a difference and you never yes. know how that's going to happen.
4: Yeah. Yes. It's a great example yes. of Christian, like Cassie's saying, Christians being in Hollywood and being able to be in a position t- to where you can put the imprinture of God within projects. Yes. Another day I'm in there, we go, all have lunch. Okay. Out, out in the break room again. And I'm with these same people. And by this time, you know, it's a three-year process. They're yeah. asked they're starting to ask me questions. And so um, they said, hey, listen, we're thinking about um, when Moses goes to the burning bush, that the voice of God should be maybe James Earl Jones. What do you think? I said, well, first of all, James Earl Jones has the most beautiful, yeah. gorgeous, godlike voice. But I said, um, you might, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, some people hear James Earl Jones and they're going to be thinking, I am your father or your yeah. yeah. Vader. Vader. So they're going to be taken out of the moment. And so I thought, I realized that, you know what, I said to them, you know, I seem to recall that somewhere in the Bible, it says that the voice of God is like a, a, a running stream or a babbling brook.
2: Mm. And
4: I said, really? They say really a lot. And so they said, yeah, I said, well, do you know where that is? Like, I don't, but I can find it for you. Then I sent them to them. And what happened was, they decided not to go with um, James Earl Jones, they decided to go with three people, Val Kilmer, me, and one of the directors who was a woman. And I think it's really, and so what we did is we all recorded that voice of God overdubbing each other in the same tempo. And so what you have, when when Moses goes to the burning bush, you have a trinity of voices speaking the voice of God, and one of them is a woman. And so they, messed, that, they meshed them all together? Yeah, yes. yeah. And so I think that is, there's something compellingly spiritual about that. Trinity. And I have to say that um, I love this movie, not, to, not because I am in it. I love mm-hmm. the movie because it's so good and it's so significant. Mm-hmm. And every time we get to that scene... When Moses is speaking to God at the burning bush, I actually, most of the time, I well up with tears when I see that scene. Yeah. And I believe it's because there is the Holy Spirit imbued into that scene because there's an even deeper truth than what could have been there otherwise. Now, I don't believe that that's necessarily because I'm so brilliant or smart. I believe <laughs> it's because I was able to have some influence Yes. by God through the Holy Spirit in that situation that brought some authenticity to a
1: biblical project that otherwise may or may not have been there. You you guys are so much like us in the fact that you, you're deeply committed to your family, to your marriage. You have a very well-rounded life. You're very involved in church. You're involved in, in a prison ministry. Um, yes. Did I get that right? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So, so you, you have a a lot of variables in your life that you're really committed to and how have all those things, um, enhanced your craft, your careers? Mm. That's
3: a, <sighs> that's a good question.
1: I, I don't say, I, 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 I thought of it myself. Yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> You're amazing. But,
0: but let me, let me, while you're thinking, yeah, I don't,
1: <laughs> while you're thinking, I don't know how I would answer it. And I told him that. I said that's so broad. It is. No, it's,
2: it's a that's good, a one. great question. I love that. A it's a good one, one to think about.
4: I, I knew the. I knew my answer right when you finished your sentence. Wow. What was it? My answer is that those things have allowed me to refocus my mind away from show business, mm.
1: Mm.
4: and that's the benef- That's one of the benefits of those things, where show business is very self focused. Yes. You have to be to a certain degree, yeah. uh, maybe to an nth degree, if you want to be successful in this business. Mm-hmm. But when you find things or find issues where you can not focus on yourself,
1: um, that's always a good thing. That's excellent. Yeah. That that's Boy, that that really sums it up. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is. Because it is. Our industry is so self-focused. Because yeah. it's all... By necessity, it's about me. It's like I gotta, you know, be well, you're the promote product. yourself.
0: Promote yeah, yeah. Promote, promote You are promote. the
1: product and you gotta promote yourself. Right. Yeah. Right. That's
3: yeah, a tough balance. It really is. And we've had this discussion with a lot of other um, you know, creatives, uh, particularly on the performance side of things. Well, we have yeah. one
2: thing to close with. We do wanna ask you if there is any word of wisdom you can give for that that younger could be uh, foolish or just, uh, you know, naive naive or or just, you know, ignorant self that you could go back and give, what bit of wisdom would you pass on?
4: Be fearless. Be fearless. And that oftentimes comes hand in hand with the issue of what is your self-worth or what is, what is your pers- what do you, how, how do you view your own personal value? Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. you view your personal value within the context of how God values you and how, what God thinks of your worth, you will be far more fearless than you would otherwise. Mm-hmm. But that fearless thing is a very practical thing that I would like to encourage every young person to do to be more fearless.
2: Ah. Oh. More
4: risk-taking. More risk yes, That's
1: excellent. Yeah. Such
2: faith.
4: Such yeah. faith. That Can is faith. That, right? Yeah. It is wow. faith.
2: This kind
3: of career is a faith walk, no doubt.
1: Yeah, more than maybe any other career.
3: I agree. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm glad you circled back to that question. I was wrapping up the program, and I'm glad you did.
3: Good call, huh? We need each other. We need yeah, each other. we do. We, we do. do.
1: We do. Yeah. Well, we love you guys, and yes. we uh, we can't wait to see you uh, when we can see you again. Yes. Yeah. We look we,
3: forward to that.
1: We're okay. gonna really truly make that happen.
0: Yes. Good. Yes. yes.
1: Right. Thanks again. Okay. Love
0: you. Love you guys. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for Life Off Screen with Dan and Peggy Rupel. Life Off Screen is produced by Master Media International. Our technical director is Jason Rugg. Please subscribe to the Life Off Screen YouTube channel or subscribe to the Life Off Screen podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. You can leave your comments in the comment section. And to find out more about Master Media, go to mastermedia.com. Thanks again for joining us. Hope to see you next time.